This is the Omnichannel Marketer, the show where we get real about what it takes to build a brand, create a seamless omnichannel experience, and drive customer LTV across D2C, Amazon, and retail. I'm Kate Stevens, the CEO of Bridge. Join me for unfiltered conversations from the trenches of e-commerce. We'll unpack strategy and leave you with tactical advice you can use today to drive your business forward. Let's rock and roll. Hi, everyone. This is Kate. Welcome back to another episode of the Omni Channel Marketer. Today, I have Vladimir from Better and Better, and we're very excited for this conversation. Vladimir, thank you for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you for having me. It's great. Awesome. Okay, so you know, why don't we just start with your personal background? You know, what is your background? You know, how did you come to start Better and Better? Sure. Yeah, it's a it's a long and interesting journey. So I, I'm a first generation immigrant. I was born in Serbia. I moved to New York when I was six years old. So I grew up in New York, went to NYU, studied um, there, uh, did some corporate world experience for a few years, big companies like Citibank, Thomson Reuters, Pfizer, mainly doing like strategy, innovation, helping these companies figure out new technologies and new ideas. When I was 25, I started my first company, uh, which was a company called Rocket Hub. Rocket Hub was one of the world's first crowdfunding platforms. So similar to Kickstarter, Indiegogo, but we were helping entrepreneurs raise money uh, online. And so I was one of the co-founders there, but I was also able to see hundreds, if not thousands of other businesses use our platform for crowdfunding. So it was a great kind of, I call that my MBA, my extra experience in terms of both building a new business myself, but also learning about other businesses. Rocket was successful, so we, we were acquired after three years. Then I started my second company, which was a company called Mural. And Mural was my first physical product. It was the first thing that we were marketing and selling online. And it was a digital art frame. So we were making this beautiful piece of hardware, electronics, that we were selling online. It had a connection to all kinds of art and photography to it. And so it was a whole platform wrapped up into this consumer product. And so I was the CEO there. We built out the concept from napkin idea through to hundreds of thousands of units sold. And again, we were successful. So we were, we were acquired after four years. And so that was my second kind of success under my belt. And I said, what, what should I do next? What, what do I really want to build? And I wanted to go back to something really personal. And so better and better, I would say is the most personal project, the most personal company that I've ever started. It's really based on my own personal needs. And so I I mentioned, I came here when I was six years old, I actually came to the U S because I was diagnosed with cancer as a kid. And so my parents made the the smart decision, the brave decision to come here and to get treated. I was treated at Sloan Kettering here in New York City. Thankfully, everything was okay. But uh, as you can imagine, there are these long-term effects from chemotherapy, radiation. And one of them is a few different vitamin and mineral deficiencies. So I've been taking a fistful of pills for most of my life, and I really need it. It's really unpleasant. And so I wanted to build a company that has a big vision. And the vision is to get rid of pills. How could we build and integrate supplements, nutrition, even even in some cases, potentially prescription drugs into existing habits? And so Better and Better is doing that. And our first product is a vitamin infused toothpaste that gives you clean teeth, fresh breath, but also a microdose of different vitamins and minerals just by brushing your teeth through the power of sublingual and transbuchal absorption. And so that's what we're doing. We're, we have a few different toothpastes, but then as we continue to grow, we'll have different products. We'll have different delivery mechanisms that remove pills and, and, and leverage existing habits 
to give people the the supplements that they may need or, or, or want. So that, that that's better and better in a nutshell. I love it. And so why did you start with toothpaste? Yeah, that's a great question. So toothpaste is a very universal habit. Most people thankfully do it once or twice, sometimes three times a day. And then also toothpaste is in your mouth during a very kind of active period. So you're you're brushing, you're almost in a way like irritating your mouth, your gums, your 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 um uh, your your cheeks and beyond. And so it, it's a very absorbent period of time. And so it's perfect for delivering micronutrients, particularly micronutrients like vitamin D, like vitamin B12. These are some of the early ones that we picked where there's a lot of science around sublingual and transmucal absorption. And so um, it's the perfect time, twice a day, three times a day, per active period, and most people do it. And so that's why we felt like toothpaste was a kind of a great first delivery mechanism. Makes complete sense. It's, you know, an already existing consumer behavior. Exactly. So you're obviously a serial entrepreneur, and it sounds like you really have a personal, you know, passion for this business. But, you know, how do you think about building better and better, you know, now that you've already, you know, successfully grown two companies, like what are some of the things that you've done differently this time around or, you know, thought about just like learning from past, you know, mistakes? Well, number one was team. So our founding team consists of people that I've all, I've worked with in the past. So my co-founder, Jerry, uh, he was one of my co-founders at Mural, and I've known him since college. Our other co-founder, Mary, she was kind of an early employee at Mural. And we've kn I've known her for five plus years now. So uh, the, the the founding team, in a way, is kind of de-risked because there's no drama. There's no uncertainty. We know who we are. We know what we're good at. And we execute in a way that is aimed at just making the company better and 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 launching the products, selling the products, et cetera. So we've de-risked or, or removed a lot of potential conflict in that early team, which is often could be problematic for startups in, in, in particular. And then the second part I would say is just focused on really what, what the core benefit here is, which is a product that cleans your teeth, but gives you a dose of vitamins and minerals like that. It, we, we've been really smart about focusing up on the benefit. And this took us some time, e even throughout the Better and Better journey. But after we were able to focus on this core benefit, we have seen a lot of success and growth over the last year and a half, two years. And so just this focusing up during a world, during a time that is very noisy, there's a lot going on. People just want to know what this is and what it does. And so that focus has been really key for us in terms of messaging and in terms of bringing the product to market. Yep. Focus as a, a founder makes so much sense. There's a million things that you could be doing at once. So, you know, when when did you start Better and Better? And, you know, where did you launch? What channel did you launch first as a brand? Yeah. So we started the company actually in 2019. But we were in R&D for about a year and a half. So we were developing the product. We were testing. We, we went through a few different kind of chemists, formulators. You know, you can't just put vitamins in toothpaste. You need to mix it and, 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 and produce something that can deliver the vitamins to you and clean your teeth. And it has to taste good. So it's this, this interesting combination of, of product features that you have to make sure are, are there. So that took us about a year and a half, almost two years. And we launched the product, like a beta version of the product, early version of the product in late 2020, early 2021. So, so 
that was kind of beta version of the product. And we did it on our own website. So we felt that in order to provide the best experience and the best kind of explanation for what this product was, we needed to tell, tell a little bit of a longer story. And the best place to tell that story was to our own e ecosystem, our own environment, our own store. And I, I think that's still kind of the place where you get the most control and the most storytelling power. And so that's why we leveraged and direct the consumer kind of playbook of our own website. And it was, it was successful. We were able to sell out that first batch, that test batch within the first six months, uh, telling our customers, being very clear to them that this is like, they're part of an experiment. They're part of something new. They're part of something almost like in a way, software beta testers, but they were consumer products beta testers. And so it, that, that worked really well for us because they were able to give us quick feedback through our website, through the mechanisms that we had established. And we were able to use that feedback for V2 of the product that we launched in 2022 that was, you know, upgraded, pushed forward and, and improved in many different ways. So, you know, how do you think about the channels that you're selling through now? And, you know, what are those channels? Yeah. So right now we are really, there are three main channels. So there is our website that we're still continuing to push, particularly it's a great place for subscriptions. And so all of our products have links back to our website. If people want to subscribe and save, it kind of, it's kind of the home in, in more ways than one for our customers and, and where we want to have them eventually end up no matter what. Then there's Amazon. So Amazon is this huge beast that for better or for worse is really, really important, particularly for these kinds of consumer staples, you know, the oral care, personal care, supplements, hygiene, all of the above. Uh, more people search for toothpaste on Amazon than they do on Google. So it, it, in many ways, Amazon is both a marketing channel for us and it's a sales and retail channel uh, for us. So it, it's, it's in many, many times the, the place where people first learn about our brand. It's the place where they buy the first product, but then eventually, hopefully we bring them down the funnel more towards our website and more towards our platform for a better experience and for the subscription element that I described. And then finally, the third channel now that we're expanding to is, is retail. So consumer products in particular are very much still driven by grab and go. You go to the store, you go to you know a, a pharmacy or a drugstore or a grocery store, and you're buying a bunch of stuff and you're like, oh, I need, I need toothpaste as well, or I need vitamins. And you grab it and you go. And so we quickly, you know, last year realized that for us to beat the, the scale that we want to be at, we will need to have retail. And so now we have started to kind of approach retail, meaning through distribute to distributors first, but then going through there toward the actual retail locations. And our, our, we're kind of following a top-down strategy in terms of going a little bit more premium, a little bit more kind of limited first, you know, smaller chains. 12 to 24 locations where we can learn about the retail experience in the same way that we learned about the online experience early on so that we aren't drinking from the fire hose from a big Target or Walmart or Whole Foods or anything like that until we have learned how to actually do retail. So I think the next year, year and a half is going to be about learning how to do retail. And then after that, we'll do the big expansion into, into some of these larger retail locations and kind of go to full, full retail uh, approach. And what has been successful for your team in terms of, you know, convincing retailers why they want to carry better and better? You know, in many ways, it's just, all, it's very driven by the product itself. So it's, you know, it's a unique differentiated product that 
we're the, you know, one of a very few toothpaste that have kind of a supplement angle to it that, that not only are you giving health to your mouth, but you're giving health to your full body as well. And so there's kind of a holistic health approach to it that I think is really unique. So the product is number one, like, is the product unique? Is it priced appropriately? Do they get enough margin? All of those kind of classic retail things. And then in addition to that, it's, it's really continuing to tell this story, my story, the story of our brand in such a way that not only do retailers see potential now, but they can see potential six months, 12 months, 18 months down the road where the brand starts to do more of the lift as opposed to the, the, the placement that does the lift. And so I think a lot of retailers are really concerned about sell through, like not only are, can you get into the store, but can, can you sell? And so if they can see the growth potential around brand awareness, then they're much less concerned about sell through right now. They could see that the sell through will continue to grow as the brand becomes more known to the universe. So like, for instance, you know, one of our toothpastes, our fortified toothpaste was named the best toothpaste by GQ magazine last year. And so like that kind of press obviously is really important for our digital channels, but it really moves the needle for retail because the retailers are able to start um, seeing like, oh, wow, this is a real brand. It's going to last. It's going to grow. We want to invest with the brand, not just kind of test it or anything like that. So press really moves the needle with retailers. What are other aspects of your brand building separate from press? We're honestly tactics to get press, you know, to help set yourself up for success in, in, in that retail expansion. Yeah. So one of our biggest challenges is education. Like most people don't know that they can get, you know, their vitamins or supplements or anything really directly through their mouth, not having to swallow it, not having to, you know, digest it, that then it goes directly into the bloodstream from the mouth. So like this idea is still pretty new. You know, uh, the medical profession has done, has used sublingual absorption for pain medication. It, it, it's even been used like for cannabis products, stuff like that, but it hasn't really been consumerized. And so the education element, I think, is the biggest challenge for us. So most of our marketing and, and brand building right now is built around kind of infotainment or educational marketing, where not only are we just saying this is what better and better is, but we're giving them a little bit of a, a kind of an ed educational story behind it. So a lot of that can't be just done by us. It has to, we have to find third party, basically spokespeople to speak on our behalf with credibility and with experience. So we're starting to sign up doctors, dental professionals, scientists as not just, you know, validators, but also will be the face of our company in different ways and different, in different experiences, whether it's the press or whether it's social media or whether it's, you know, talking to re even retailers in some cases, we need to not only tell our own story, but we need to have others who are credible tell our story on our behalf in order to educate the consumer base and to educate the retailers that this is actually a real concept that is, you know, scientifically proven it's existed for decades. It's just no one's ever put it together like we are at Better and Better. So there's almost a, you know, professional influencer strategy, you know, through doctors and, you know, dentists, et cetera. It's completely necessary because the number one question that we get from everyone is, does this really work? Mm. And obviously we can say yes, yes, it does. But it's much, much more powerful if someone with 
30 years of medical experience can say, yeah, I've, I've, I've used this for my patients and it totally works. Mm-hmm. Makes complete sense. Okay. So you talked about D2C, your own website, your Amazon channel, a growing retail channel. How do you think about bridging the gap between all of those different channels, you know, as a brand so that your consumer has, you know, the best experience possible? Yeah, it's hard. So I think particularly, you know, when you think about time scale, so like your site, you can update messaging in real time. You can update, you know, you know, we just got this press piece or we just got that this medical professional on our team. Like that speed is much faster. Whereas Amazon is like little steps. So Amazon all of a sudden isn't real time, but it's close to real time. You could every few days they'll let you update the Amazon site. They'll let you change things and update things, but it's it's not it's a little bit delayed, right? It's not real time. And so then you have to plan for like, okay, I get, we have to make these little step updates on Amazon while we're making more of a linear update on our site. And then retail is like big steps. Like it takes months to update a display or to update the packaging or to update anything really that's in the store. So then you have to think of time scale in like three ideas. There's the linear at your site, there's the like little steps on Amazon, and then there's the big steps in retail. And so you kind of have to make plans around you cannot make those big updates too quickly you have to time them out whereas the little updates you can do on a more consistent and timely manner so if something's really important and if something is going to change something about our products or about our brand then we have to think about it more like at a three to six month scale as opposed to a week long scale and so it just this, this like thinking has to adapt in a way that, you know, maybe not, it's it's not custom or normal for a, a traditional D2C brand to think about, but we, we've done it and we've, we've done it pretty well. And did you bootstrap the business or did you raise outside capital? Yeah. So thankfully, because of my uh, successful experience with um, previous startups, I have a, a collection of investors and, and, and partners that have seen us be successful. And, and so we were able to raise kind of venture funding for the brand, particularly because it is and was R&D heavy. So we had to invest a good deal of money in developing the formulas, developing the intellectual property around the formulas. So it's not just, you know, a branding exercise, but it's an actual scientific product development exercise that we needed to pursue. So yes, yeah, so we, we we raised a few million dollars from from investors that were able to push us, particularly with the R and D, but also with the launch and the marketing and beyond. That makes complete sense. Yeah. So, what is something that you are bold or passionate about that you know would be relevant to our listeners as other founders and marketers? So, I'll kind of big trend and then marketing. So, for big trend, like particularly for better and better, like I think the idea of integrating health into existing life into daily habits is going to be so important moving forward. People now have become so inundated with a million things like supplements and and exercise and minerals and, and all kinds of different potential options, saunas and light treatment and every, like anything you can imagine. So simplifying things and matching them into what people are already doing into existing habits, I think is going to be so important because it just, there's only so much time and so much mind space particularly, you know, with people with families, people with, you know, professional careers. So that's kind of the health trend that, that I'm seeing. And then in terms of like marketing and reaching customers, I think 
it feels like the Wild West again in terms of how do you reach customers, particularly top of funnel? Like, how do you get your brand brand and messaging out there? Because all of a sudden, these things that used to be kind of reliable are questionable now, whether that's the whole Facebook meta platform, which, you know, you used to be able to put a dollar in, you get $3 out and it's great. That is really not no longer the case for, for most products and most companies. Influencers, again, like it's, it's become unclear as to what the ROI is for some, some of these things, PR, content marketing, again, unclear. So I think there are a lot of question marks out there and really the 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 only way forward is like fast testing, not committing huge budgets to any particular channel too soon, and really just being able to learn almost like in a kind of uh, you know you're wandering through the jungle and looking around to see where the where the resources are, where the openings are, because there is no map. Like the the map, I think, has been completely removed, and I think at this point, everyone's trying to figure stuff out and. There are no right answers, unfortunately, or or fortunately, which is both an opportunity and a, and a challenge at the same time. And what's working for better and better right now? I know you're doing a lot of testing and there's a lot to learn, but what's working right now? Right now, in, in terms of channels, like treating Amazon as both marketing and sales has, has worked well for us. And we're, we're really, we picked up some nice momentum there. So it's almost like trying to leverage that as both an advertising marketing platform as the, for the brand as a whole, but also obviously get the people to transact there. Google has worked well, has continued to work well for us, just like good old fashioned, Search. you know, keywords and the whole Google platform continues to be effective for us. And then, like I, like I mentioned uh, before, trying to get these third party high, high credibility influencer spokespeople on our team or on our speaking on our behalf is starting to make a difference because there's you know, in the past, we were a little bit more, you know, go broad, you know, fitness, health and wellness, uh, beauty. But now we're really kind of focused on these kind of credible health individuals. And so through that approach, I think, we, again, we focused it up a little bit. And because of that, we've been we've been able to be to get a better ROI. Great. What, what we're spending. OK, moving into our lightning round here. So this is going to ask you a couple of quick questions. Yeah. So, favorite omni-channel brand? Probably Athletic Greens at this point. Thing you wish you could change about our industry? I wish everyone was a little more honest. Like, everyone has a lot of challenges. Let's all just be honest about the challenges, and, you know, maybe we can solve them together. Favorite podcast? The Huberman podcast right now. Okay. I haven't heard of that one. I'll have to check it out. It's favorite science-driven. It's good. Okay. Yeah. Favorite newsletter? Favorite newsletter? It's a good question. Uh, probably uh, the Lean Lux newsletter. That is a good one. It's a nice roundup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Favorite social media channel? Oh, boy. They're all terrible. Uh, 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 I, I'm cautiously optimistic that Twitter will make a comeback mm. as, as, a, uh, as a channel that will be more useful and, again, more transparent, maybe more honest. Mm-hmm. Favorite book? Oh boy, right now, favorite book. Probably I'm reading a book called The 90s by Chuck Klosterman. Okay. Uh, so a little bit of nostalgia. Uh, okay. Wrapped up in... in, in, um, in Love it. In, yeah. And nostalgia's back. Uh, favorite event that you're excited about going to this year? South by Southwest just passed, but I think a lot more brands will be using South by Southwest 
Hmm. Uh, so South by Southwest in the next 12. Next year. Yes. Well, Vladimir, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed hearing your story, hearing the story of Better and Better. Thanks so much. Thank you very much for having me. If you liked this podcast, follow me and The Bridge page on LinkedIn and Twitter for hot takes and tactical advice. If you really loved today's episode, we'd love a review on the podcasting platform of your choice, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks for listening.